with Aaron Cowell. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Paul Jones Drug Tuesday out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Get into some football, 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 maybe sprinkle in some baseball at the end. High school football this week. We'll look at the rankings and also the best games around the state. College football weekend. We'll recap. If I got a final thoughts on OU Texas. Man, is it not amazing the feeling, the difference in the perspective from this week to last week and what a difference a week makes and essentially a win makes for what the possibilities are in Oklahoma State season all of a sudden. Who's still realistically in the playoff chase, Jared? Who is still Who can still realistically make it? It's a great slate of games this week. Also, what is your top 10 in college football? I have an amazing stat in the NFL. I'm going to ask the question and see if somebody could come up with the answer. We're going to talk the NFL off the bat. I won't necessarily tell you the answer to this. I'll talk about one of the guys that are maybe on the list, but I'm not going to. Anyhow, here's the question. There have been five teams and only four quarterbacks to lead their teams to nine straight regular season games in which they scored 30 points. So four quarterbacks have led their teams to scoring 30 points in nine straight regular season games. Can you tell me who they are? Cowboys embarrassed by the Niners. Is there anything they can actually do? I know you're you're seeing stuff about trade Dak, trade Dak. Well, you can't trade Dak. You want to know why? Contract. There's a no trade clause. They gave him a no, that you hear about that in other sports. That doesn't really happen in the NFL. It did this time. So I, I don't know what to do. Um, what is the alternative? Guys like Dak, and you're hearing a bunch about Lamar after last week and that loss to Pittsburgh. What do you actually? What can you actually do? I mean, the. The, the owners or the GMs or whoever have taken a big-time stand against the running backs. We see that all the time now. Could they actually do this same thing for the quarterbacks? It's a great question. So there's that. There's that stat I just said. And then uh, we're nearing the kind of the, the midway point here. Getting near it, sort of. How many teams do you think are are having conversations conversations right now thinking, okay, are we pulling the plug and taking for tanking for Caleb Williams? Is it is it time to quit trying to win right now? How many teams do you think there are out there that are doing that? And of course our NFL top five as well. Two two five nine six nine eight is the phone or the text line, two two five nine six nine eight. Give us a call, shoot us a text. Talk about any of those things, whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime right in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, 
couple of ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to KADSAM.com or download the app. The app's got it all. Radio, Penny News, Big Elk and Paragon TV, all of it right there within the app. And, of course, Skinny on Sports Podcast. If you missed the show entirely, go back and check that out each and every day. How are you, Jared? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So do you have a guess? Once again, quarter- say, say the question again. <clears throat> the question is, there have been four quarterbacks in the history of the NFL to lead their teams to nine straight regular season games in which they score 30 points. So four quarterbacks have scored 30 points in nine straight regular season games in the history of the NFL. Can you tell me who they are? Oh. There's going to be some obvious answers and then some out-of-the-blue answers. See if we can get any guesses. Man, um, you, you want to go to high, you want to go high-scoring offense. Is Tua one of them? No. No. Mahomes? No. All right, we could be here all day. Let let it let it uh, settle. Let let's see if the text or the text line comes in with some answers. Four quarterbacks in the NFL that led their team to. Oh, that's a that's a nine. Heck, yeah, the four quarterbacks there's only in NFL history history for nine straight games in which their team scored thirty points. Jeremy had win or lost thirty. Yeah, points just or scored more. thirty. Thirty points. points or more. Randall Cunningham is a heck of a guess for those '98 Vikings, but it's not on the list. I would I wouldn't have thought about that one, but that's a good one because they scored a boatload of points. My man Will has the first correct answer, Kurt Warner. That has to come from the greatest the show greatest on turf. Greatest show on turf, yeah. Okay, that was a good one. And, and I keep going to this. You keep going to the the, the big-name quarterbacks, whether they're playing or, or the legends are retired. But then I keep going to, well, where do they play at? Warner played inside. and Oh, my goodness. John David almost got them all. Oh, really? Warner, Brady. Okay, Brady was going to be the obvious one. Peyton Manning. So he's another one. And then there's one more out there. It is not, he said Marino. It's not Dan Marino. I don't want to say Favre. It's not Favre. I seem to remember a lot of low-scoring games during his tenure. It's not Aikman. we got Steve Young on the text line. Not Steve Young. This is the hardest one, and it's also the newest one. Did they score over 30 on Sunday? They sure did. They sure enough did, Jared. They scored over 30 on Sunday. And they've scored over 39 straight games. And they're quarterbacked by the last damn pick in the draft. <laughs> it's Brock Purdy. We had a couple of guys get Brock Purdy, but not put them all together. So the answer is Warner, Brady, Manning, and Brock Purdy. That's a good one. Craziness. How good is Brock Purdy? Listen, I was on the bandwagon, and I, I still don't know that I'm off of it, to tell you that he is just a – anybody could do what he's doing. But I don't know if that's true. You see some of the throws that he makes? Now, it's probably pretty easy to play quarterback if you're Brock Purdy as far as being relatively 
certain no one's going to hit you because of the offensive line that, that the Niners possess. But I'm, I'm afraid that I've sold Brock Purdy short. Like, for instance, Jared, let's say those quarterbacks switch places Sunday night. I think Brock Purdy does a lot better job with Dallas's offense than Dak did. And I think Dak does a lot worse job with San Francisco's offense than Brock Purdy did. Yeah, I can get on board with that. I mean, I know it's going to be the dash, da, uh, the, the bash Dak week. But you know what? Rightfully so. We've sat here and defended Dak. We've defended Mike McCarthy. Listen, here's, the, here's just the truth. Dallas ain't winning nothing with that two, with that combination of quarterback and coach. It ain't happening when it matters. Because see, here's the problem for Dak now. That that game was built up. Everybody in Dallas talked about how they weren't overlooking it. This is a revenge for the last two years of the playoffs. Blah 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 blah. And six of the first seven possessions, you go three and out. It's obvious that Dallas has a problem with two teams that are going to be on their schedule and going to be in on their schedule in the playoffs every year. That's San Francisco and Philly. And why? Because they'll just run it right at them. You know who you know you know who you didn't really hear from on uh, Saturday or on Sunday night that you normally hear from every single game. Who was who, who did you never really see on the field? Who did you ever see around the ball? Micah Parsons. You know why? Cuz they run it right at him and it neutralizes everything he's about. You see what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, yeah. It, when you're when he's he's taking on Trent Williams, running right at him, it's a lot harder than just trying to get around somebody going forward. San Francisco has Dallas's number. That's obvious, and, and a lot of it's just the styles make the fights. And unfortunately for Dallas, I mean, in, in my opinion, they'd have a heck of a lot better chance. Now they'd have to make it there, which it looks impossible. But just for for instance, I think they'd have a heck of a lot better chance beating like Kansas City because of their style of play versus these two teams in the NFC. You know, like even this week, Herbert's high flying. Dallas's defense looked pretty good against Herbert. You know why? Because they're not just going to run it down their throat. But the problem is the two teams that they're going to have to beat to get anywhere they want to go. They don't have much chance of beating a lot of times because they don't, they're not able to defend them, and then that puts the game in jeopardy, and what happens at that point? Dak turns the ball over. It's forcing things, yeah. Tries to force things, tries to, tries to get back in the, you know, try, tries to score 14 points with one play. And I don't know, I mean, the, the, the offense, listen, Dallas isn't as terrible as everybody's going to say this week because here's the deal. You don't go in the NFL – you don't beat somebody 38 to nothing. Some of the beatdowns they put, even on bad teams, you don't do that without being good. But the problem for Dallas is none of it's none of that matters. Even even a win, heck, even sweeping Philly in the regular season isn't going to matter perception-wise. Because until they can do it against one of those two teams in the playoffs, they're going to have to do it against both if they don't sweep Philly then it's just same old song and dance. And that's what's frustrating is it looked like it seemed like Dallas maybe upgraded in ways those other two teams didn't at certain spots. Yep. But when you but when you just 
when you can't stop somebody from just bludgeoning bludgeoning you with the run, which Dallas can't. They try to address it in the draft. Maisie Smith, does he even play? I don't even hear his name. Seems like another Taco Charlton out of Michigan, at least bit. to this point. A little bit. So they, they try to address it, but it's not working. Vander Esch is hurt again. He's getting old anyhow. Yeah, I think that ship has sailed. It it's getting like. close. It's getting close. And so, yeah, the Cowboys, they're, it's, it's an interesting time because if they don't renegotiate or extend Dak Prescott's contract, they owe him $60 million against the cap next year. But with what you gave him, you don't have a chance to trade him because he has a no-trade clause. He actually has a no-tag clause. You couldn't even tag him. <clears throat> so are you? So here's a question to everybody clamoring for Cooper Rush. Are you going to sit a $60 million contract on the bench? Could you... Uh, this seems so uh, snake-like, but it is Jerry Jones. What if they made him mad? What if they set him? What if they benched him? And he said, "I'm I'm waving the no trade. Get, okay, get well me that, out of here. Whatever. That's that's a, that's something you can do. <clears throat> I mean, it, I guess we saw Cooper Rush in limited in, in a limited role last year, and he was great. What four and one? For those five games, five and one through yeah, the kept, six, I can't kept remember exactly what I mean yeah. it was. I mean, the season was written off when Dak went down. Does, but does, injury, yeah. does anybody really think that Cooper Rush is the answer to taking Dallas to the Super Bowl? No. Okay, so if you don't think that, <coughs> and that's what we're really talking about here, right? Fixing the quarterback spot to make it more of a viable Super Bowl option. No one, try, no one thinks Dak can do it, and they're right. Some people might think Cooper Rush can win some games, but does anybody really think Cooper Rush is going to take the Cowboys to the Super Bowl? I don't. Maybe he plays more to the formula they need to, need to play to, but I don't think it, when it comes down to it, there's just limitations with Cooper Rush that are going to keep him there. So is now the option to see what Trey Lance can do? Well, I think it, it, when it gets to that option, it's going to have to be, well, what else do we got to lose mentality? And, and I, you know what I mean? If it comes to a point in this season where it, the writing's on the wall and, and they've, they are where they are, all right, let's see what we got with Trey Lance. Let's look for our future right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, or figure uh, out I, if we need a different future. Yeah. I mean, I, well, exactly. See, here's, here's yeah. the truth. You already know that. Now, whether or not you're stubborn enough to believe it or not, it, it, I guess the question comes down to this. Are you satisfied with making it into the divisional round of the playoffs and getting beat every year, or at least in the near future, because you can't beat the two teams you're going to play there? When, the, when it comes down to it, you're not beating Philly on the road and you're not beating San Francisco on the road, and that is what you're resigned to right this second for the next few years because of what they've got. And what you don't have, right? It, <clears throat> so if that's okay, that should then you ride that, out that, the deck train. That's not a. 
that's not the Dallas Cowboys, right? You can't be just are we sure complacent and satisfied with just making the playoffs and exiting, maybe getting a win and exiting the next round. That, are we sure it's not? Well, I mean, we're not Jacksonville. We're not no, we're not as good as Jacksonville. You're right. They've won more playoff games than Dallas has. Yeah. You're exactly right. They've actually made it to the AFC title game in the last 35 years. Well, until Jerry Jones dies, this is what well, we're going to get. That's I'm afraid that's oh, right. Oh, wait. His son will take over. Yeah, but I don't know if I don't know if Steven will be as loyal as Jerry. And here's the that's and that's the the crux of the whole issue and why I mean get ready for it. Get ready for it. At some point between now and the start of next season, that DAC contract extension is going to happen. And at that point, it craters this, it craters everything that they built because now you've hitched your wagon again to a guy that ain't getting it done. Cannot get it done. But Jerry's loyalty will ha- it, it's going to happen. Get ready. I just Oh, uh, I know. As much as you don't want it to, as much as it makes zero sense, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And and a lot of it is because he still wants to prove to everybody that he was so damn smart for taking Dak Prescott in the 4th round and he found a gem. Well, and and at, he did early on. But that leg injury Think about what Dak used to be and what he is now. Defenses just give him zone read for five yards, knowing that A, he won't take it, and B, they'll probably catch him before he ever gets over versus what he used to be. That injury that injury just stymied that part of his game, and here's the problem. As that stymies that part of his game, he's not a good enough thrower to, to get out of it. And so now he's just stuck. Sorry, Cowboy fans. I'm right there with you. But it's no good. So now what do you do, Jared? You uh, move on and root for the Rangers to win a championship before the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys will. I don't mean that. Oh, oh. <clears throat> I mean, if you're, if you're mean, these – You bury them. They're done. If, if you're these if, owners, if you're the owners, when it comes time to pay Dak Prescott, paying Lamar Jackson, paying Kyler Murray, the, imme- the, the, the thought now is immediately you got to do it, you got to do it, you got to do it, you've got to court – but – do you really have to do it? I just gave that stat that the damn Mr. Irrelevant is the is the only quarterback outside of Kurt Warner, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning to score thirty in a row thirty points, nine straight games. So do you really have to do it? Or can you find a guy that fits your system in the draft and not have to worry you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to do it. I think that it's it's kind of mirroring the running back position, not because of the shelf life of running back is lowered because of um, you know they take on more contact and they get hurt and a lot of injuries, but you can find a guy like a you can build around you can get a McCaffrey, you can get a, a I mean the list goes on and on. I mean Kittle over at San Francisco. Just find a guy, find a good quarter, just a, a not a great quarterback, just a good quarterback. 
Yeah, the problem is the results say you have to have a good one, a great one. <clears throat> now, I would argue with you that Tom Brady at Tampa was closer to Brock Purdy than he was to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. In that point of his career. But what else was – I mean, the team was incredible around him. You know, Matt Stafford's been kind of just a guy. And then he had all that, you know, the, with the Rams, and bam, there they went. But I wonder how long it takes for some of these – you know, for, for every Pat Mahomes and what seems like Jalen Hurts, there's also Joe Burrow and and looks maybe like the Ravens and obviously Dallas – that doesn't work out. Chargers, they're paying their guy more than anybody in the history of the game. And what's that got you? The 28-point blowing of a playoff game last year. And that's the only time he's ever got there. I just wonder if it's ever going to – if the quarterback position is ever – it's not ever going to be viewed like what running back is right now. There's no no way that happens because they could just play for so much longer. But will there come a time where there's kind of a, a – draw a line in the sand to where okay if you don't want to play if you don't want this what makes sense for us as a team go on we'll find somebody else and maybe that's the lack of confidence but here's the thing we've never seen more quarterback turnover in the league in our lives people giving up on high draft picks so fast we've never seen it like this right men read stuff over the weekend arizona after giving murray that giant contract they're ready to move move off yeah there's always a shiny new thing that's, that could be better. How many teams do you think there will be? right? How many teams do you think right now are having those discussions within their, their front offices of, okay, we're right here right now. Do we shut it down to try to draft Caleb Williams? Well, the problem is some of those teams just drafted a quarterback. Yeah, I don't think they care, though. Like Carolina? Uh, maybe Carolina cares. <laughs> maybe. Are they ready to move on that quick? Uh, I mean, do you want 5'8 five, eight, five, eight Smurf or 6'5 Superman? Never understood that pick. Never. Because well, he was incredible at Bama, but... The, the, but the, you just mentioned the size. Yeah. That's what... Same thing worried about, worried me about Zach Wilson. And Zach, and Zach Wilson towers over Bryce <laughs> and Young. And I still didn't think he was big enough. He was pretty good, actually, the other day. He was okay. He's getting better. Okay, so let's let's go down the list. Miami and Buffalo are out. They're not doing that. No. Jets? If they believe that Rodgers is definitely coming back. Probably not. <clears throat> could it be a draft and stash type of deal? How much? How much left is in Rogers' tank? Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to do it because they put so it. much into this season. Yeah, I don't see him doing it. New England, one million percent could. Oh, I oh, Belichick's right. He benched his dude again. Bench Jones again. Well, he keeps. He, he's, he had to. Did you he, see that he's thrown more pick sixes at Gillette Stadium already than Brady did his entire career? Yeah, it's the I I could see them. Oh, they're they're a million percent in this. Definitely. Uh, Titans. What are they? Two and three. Two and three. Tannehill's their guy. I think they could. I could see them doing it. Houston, Indy, and Jacksonville, probably not. Denver, for sure. 
Vegas? Maybe. Shouldn't have won last night. That's all I can tell them. Mm-hmm. The Giants are 100% in that list. Yep. <clears throat> Washington? Yeah, they've had a quarterback carousel going on. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Here's an interesting one. Bears. Ooh, yeah. See, there that falls into the, I just drafted a guy. They just, I mean, what, we're in year two? Josh, three, isn't three, it? Three, Josh Fields? Justin Fields? Just, I'm sorry, yeah, Justin Fields? Yeah, I think it's Fields. three. Year three. But here's, he, I don't think he's the problem. I don't either. Look at his stats. I don't either, but. He's pretty dang good, but. What do you think about Caleb? Uh, Minnesota is a million percent in this. They're the sneaky one. Justin Jefferson out on IR now. Uh, yeah. After so, this morning, yeah. could they trade Kirk Cousins? Let uh, Kellen Mond is he still their backup from A and M? Yeah, I don't know. He's terrible. That'd fit right into this. Maybe that's how the Jets don't tank. They trade for Kirk Cousins. Let Kellen Mond and the Vikings think about Caleb and Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. Whoa, that gets scary. Carolina's. Uh, I don't think so, but I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, Denver. Denver's a million percent yes. Arizona is obviously a yes. Yeah. So there's a bunch of them. And then there, there's probably somebody we're not thinking of, too. Like, we, we wouldn't think they would do it. Like Green Bay. Green Bay 2 and 3. I don't think they're ready. Jordan Love was a disaster last night. Yeah, I don't think they're ready to give up on them. I just I just think that people think Caleb Williams is that good to where they might actually do this. If they don't see it, there's no future. What is the, what is the future for Green Bay? Yeah. What's your top you know, five? Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Final question, say? and it's it's a uh, it might be a discussion to have on another day when it, we're talking about Caleb Williams and his where he could land, and it just brought up my memory um you know anthony richardson's out hurt shoulder injury he's been taking a lot of flack for the way he plays real physical and it looks like it's already starting to wear on him could that be a thing that gives you i mean you don't know because caleb williams didn't play like that he seems like he uses his feet a lot yeah but he moves to throw yeah he doesn't move to run somebody over that's what anthony richardson problem is he's trying to be a fullback at the quarterback spot. Quit quit searching out contact. You know, Caleb, unless it's down to it, you know, like on the goal line or something, and even yeah. on the goal line when it matters, like early in the game on the goal line, I think he'll kind of give himself up just because there's no sense in taking a hit when you got another play to go. The first part of the game I watched against Arizona, he took a lot of hits, but it wasn't him scrambling and taking hits. Right. His offensive line was horrible in that first <clears throat> right. half. I think he's actually really smart. He's like Kyler in that way. Both pretty smart about giving yourself up for, you know, a yard or two in the middle of the game isn't all that important to keeping you in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then when it comes down to it, they'll both do it. Yeah, that doesn't concern me. I just because Caleb can throw it so much better. I mean, yeah. I don't think he's trying to figure out how to be accurate. He already is there. All right, who's your top five? I'll this go week? 49ers one. I still have Chiefs at two. Eagles, two B, <laughs> three, uh, Dolphins four, and hey, there's the Detroit Lions in my top five. <laughs> That's exactly the same five, almost <laughs> in the same order. 
Uh, San Francisco one, Philly two, Kansas City three, Miami four, Detroit five for me. Yeah, I was searching for a fifth team, and I'm like, well, I mean, uh, can't be Baltimore, Ravens can't lost. be Dallas. <clears throat> Dallas can it be? is horrible. Who else? At what point do you start considering Seattle or Tampa? They're on the cusp. And Bills. Tampa Bills, Bay especially. Man, Bills. Bills lost. I really almost put them five just because of the England thing. Yeah. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Thank you to Rodney and the gang. Paul Jones Drug at 809 North Main, right here in Elk City. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. They're the oldest compounding pharmacy in Elk City. Free local delivery. You can drive through and pick your stuff up. Curbside testing, curbside vaccinations also blister packs that is your long-term care unit packaging paul jones drug 809 north main we appreciate them being alongside each and every tuesday all right jared kind of give me your final wrap-up thoughts of ou texas and even the aftermath we haven't mentioned yet but uh, yesterday one of the the maybe the black cloud over the game is the fact that Andrew Anthony is now out for the season. I, I never really, they never really said the injury, just a season ending injury, which would mean lean you to believe surgery knee or knee, yeah. something like that. But you know, that's a blow to the OU uh, wide receiving core, obviously maybe not as big now as we would have thought of it then. If that makes sense mm-hmm. because of the way some of the young guys have stepped up and, uh, but still uh, he's definitely been, Probably the best receiver that Oklahoma's had, most reliable one Oklahoma's had through the first six games this season. So that's a tough break for the Sooners. Otherwise, though, yeah, it's uh, a really a, a really a good weekend for OU. Yeah, it's a that's a bummer, but I I feel bad for the kid. But grand scheme and looking at that, that the wide receiver core has been really really good. In in DG has thrown it all over the place, connecting on what ten against Iowa State with ten on Iowa State. I don't know how many against Texas, maybe nine. I think I heard that stat somewhere. He's not keying in on just one dude. So, um, but Anthony was a was a nice surprise, um, and he'll be hard to replace. But I think there's other guys around that'll be just fine. I think it. Um, I keep going back, and I keep wanting to think that oh, you stole one, and they were lucky. But I keep looking at the highlights and looking at game film and thinking I don't think so I like I said yesterday I think it was two really really good teams playing each other and it's what we got and I really liked how OU came out with the tack mode in mind uh, they took a fight to Texas instead of letting Texas bring the fight to them and then respond to it so it was fun fun game you just hope that um there's not an incredible letdown when when uh, Central Florida comes to town uh, in a couple of weeks, and and you know, there's an obvious goal here that can be obtained. And I think the what I'm really looking forward to is um, the potential of a rematch 
in Arlington and how how that can I mean that just it it feels like to the level of what like Alabama and Georgia is when they would meet in the regular season and re you know rematch in the SEC title game it fills up to that magnitude because these are two top 10 teams so it's the way this rivalry should be and I I'm happy it's back to that especially as they move forward to the SEC definitely yeah. elevates things next year when the when they're playing as an SEC game yeah I think it's interesting that that both sides you could probably make a case that should have won the game yeah gave it almost gave it I mean as much as Texas wants to talk about three three turnovers, there there is one thing in there. Oklahoma leads the nation in interceptions and turnover margin. And it's not like they just dropped the ball. The Sooners forced all three of those turnovers. A great play by Williams. Obviously, Bowman just decleating JT Sanders. And then, of course, Bowen getting his head right on the football as uh, you were scrambled. So it, it wasn't like they just dropped the ball on the ground and the Sooners picked it up. No, no. The Sooners actually caused those turnovers. Whereas on OU's side, you can look at special teams' blunders throughout the game. Of, of you know, be honest with you, you don't win a whole bunch of games when you give up a block punt for a touchdown. No. You know, those are such momentum plays or game-changing plays that that doesn't happen all the time. You know, you had the play where on the kickoff where the, the pitched it forward instead of a lateral that cost OU 40-something yards. Punting is just absolutely atrocious. Maybe the left-footed guy, I don't even know their name. Plaster is the one that's terrible. I don't know the left-footed guy's name. But at least at least he punted it. And by the time the uh, like the camera got back to Texas's uh, punt returner, the ball was still in the air. So that was a positive, other than the other guy. Uh, and then, of course, Zach Schmidt missing another field goal. It feels like for him... He's missed some shorter ones too, but from 40 and in, you're thinking, okay, that works. From outside 40, it's like, should we go for it? Yeah. So this, you know, just, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think many OU fans would be upset if both kickers, i.e., punter and kicker, were different moving forward. But uh, I think for me, the thought, my final thoughts on OU Texas is the, the overarching thing to me was that. For the first time in a big game, the head coach was the head coach and not just the defensive coordinator. Calling those timeouts before halftime to be able to allow the offense enough time to get all the way back and, and kick that field goal, which should have been a touchdown. And then just the, the whole the management of the whole game. Not giving in to the temptation that I know a lot of OU fans had throughout the week and especially on Saturday of throw, 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 throw. Being patient, uh, you know, and I know that's Levy too, but having that game plan, that way the offense and the defense complement each other so much better than they ever have, really. Trusting a defense, finally, that can, you know, can can right. can be okay with the offense not scoring every possession. So that's, to me, you know, just, just it, it feels like Brent Venables is the CEO of this team for the first time. In a game, you know what I mean. It just it's like every button, every button he pushed was the right button to push. And I know that's a little bit kind of what the what the result was. But there wasn't a time outside of maybe that field goal. But I know why he tried to kick it because you go up two scores. Oh yeah. In the fourth quarter, I you, I, I get why he did it. 
There, it, there wasn't. There just wasn't ever a time where you went, "Oh my God, what's he doing?" And that happened a lot last year. And it didn't. Not, maybe not once. Really, I don't know. Maybe going for a fourth down about midfield, I kind of was like, even as bad as a punter as OU has, at least you pin them deep. You're punting from the midfield, and you know. So there's maybe that, but yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Let me ask you this: No one's been talking about this. And I just said it. There, there's a potential. Everyone expects these two teams to meet in December for the championship. It, it, on either side, do you think there was, you know, there was some creative play calling? Obviously, you had fake punts. You had the the special teams blunder by OU, but if it worked, it 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 would have put them up in great field position, stuff like that. But as far as offensively, maybe even defensively, but offensively more so, could you feel like maybe they're thinking this might be the first time of two we play and we don't want to show too much? Because I felt like sometimes OU could have thrown it downfield more. Yeah, it just depends on what was going on in the secondary. You don't. It, it's hard to. It's hard to see that without like getting the all twenty-two view, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because everybody's clamoring for it to happen. It happened once, and it was a long completion to Farouk. But you also don't know what's going on behind you with just watching on TV, right? And so maybe those throws just weren't. They took them away from you and tried to make make you beat them. I, I don't know. It's hard to say that without seeing all of it. But I think. <laughs> Maybe on the Texas side more than the Oklahoma side, that's possible. And here's why. Because I think most people expected Texas to win, and it felt like, oh, you needed to empty out the chamber. I don't think Oklahoma did that, though. That's what I'm saying. It didn't I don't feel th- like I don't they, think they had to. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't think they had to. And that'll be the fun cat and mouse. Well, there's the, a lot of season between again. now and yeah. then, too. I mean, we're halfway through the year. There's six more games for both teams. There's going to be more shown, I'm sure. But I was just wondering – and I just had that thought like yesterday, like did we even see everything from both sides? Uh, I think Oklahoma clearly saved some things for that game. And there's always more tricks in the in in the bag, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think it. I don't think there was a point there where Levy goes, "Okay, we're done. We, we've we're, we've done I enough. I can't I can't go to pages <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't fifty think, and fifty one. I don't here. think I, that crossed his mind yeah. until maybe afterwards, going, oh, we didn't have to get to there.'" But I don't think it was conscious effort to do that. Uh, what about Oklahoma State? Isn't it amazing, like the feeling around that program this Tuesday versus last Tuesday, and, and what a difference a week makes, and especially what a difference a win makes for OSU. That's great. Uh, it's it's amazing what a win can do, right? It, we saw that right here in Elk City. We're getting a big win against Cash. That that there's like okay, this is what we're talking about, and. I think there is that feeling in OSU or in Stillwater is that it's it the there's a lot like I just said it there are a lot of games left in front of the Cowboys that suddenly when a week ago we we're talking about well where's the win at where are the wins well if they play like they did against Kansas State now we can start really talking about well there's there's a few more wins on that schedule and who knows what can happen after that it's it's great and and maybe that was a turning point we talk about that a lot a turning point in a season that win over kansas state and that will be uh elevated if they can win against a ranked kansas team this week that's right if they if this week if oklahoma state can win this game now you start looking on the schedule and going hmm is oklahoma the only game that we really not sure if we can win right you know i know west virginia has been Good so far, yeah. but you know that one's on the road. But still, I don't think that's an unwinnable game. And then after that, you've got OU and the four newcomers. 
And the newcomers finally won a game <laughs> against the old ones the other <laughs> night. Finally won one. So if Oklahoma State can get past this game, then all of a sudden the, the conversation is completely different. Completely different. But it still takes this one too. Not only that one, but but at least there, there's like hope now. You can start to – all of a sudden those toss-up games or those, Ugh, I don't think they can get that done – Turns around to, well, they just beat Kansas State and Kansas. Those two teams seem better than West Virginia. Why not win at West Virginia? Oh, Cincinnati's terrible. We'll beat them. Then all of a sudden, there you go. It's Bedlam. And it's uh, one, two, three, six, and two, Oklahoma State, instead of what we thought maybe two and four or three and three. Yeah. Interesting. It's just how, how the perception Well, Gundy was so really fast. happy at his press conference. You see any of that? Oh, yeah. He was kind of a, I told you so. I told you guys last week that this. I told you guys a couple weeks ago that. He was, he was really upbeat and kind of, I don't know. It did not go unnoticed that he took a shot at Mason Cobb. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he yeah, was talking yeah. about they're the Arizona him, play. Well, they were asking him about the OU Texas game, and he was just talking about plays, and, yeah. and he brought that. He immediately went to that. Yeah. He said to Mike Linebacker, you know, Mason Cobb, with a little twinkle in his eye. I like it. Yeah. That's what I've always liked about Gundy. Uh, who's realistically still in the playoff hunt? Uh, let's go with, off the top of my head, Georgia. And if you're undefeated in the Big Ten, so Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. So you're not taking Bam- you're, Bama? <sighs> I went with undefeateds first. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Oklahoma. SC, uh, this might be a playoff game this week between UW and Oregon. And, and then you get your one losses like Bama and Texas. Mm-hmm. You might be able to lose this weekend if you're the Ducks or, or the Huskies and maybe fight your way back, get to the championship game, win that one, and see if you could backdoor your way in as a mm-hmm. one loss. There's a lot of scenarios that for even the Big 12 champ or – like Texas or uh, or Alabama. So what I say there about eight? Yeah, I, I think ish. I really think any of those Pac-12 teams that survive with one loss have an excellent shot. Yeah, because even though that say, perception has changed about the Pac-12. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and even though Wazoo doesn't have to, they don't have to play UC, uh, USC and maybe UCLA or no Utah. So they got beat by UCLA, but they're still going to have plenty of chances. Of getting huge wins, and so, I, man. I mean, I didn't mention Florida State or even North Carolina, and and also Louisville. They're all undefeated. Louisville's undefeated. There's your one loss, Clemson. Clemson's got two losses. Never mind. Duke is, Duke Forget has a loss. Duke's the one loss, and Miami's a one loss. I don't really, really consider <laughs> the Miami thing. <laughs> Think about where they could be right now. Yeah, I know. And then top yeah, ten think, undefeated. I just said perception. Think about like the committee goes. Oh, we got a one loss Miami over here. It's like, well, he might not kneel it. <laughs> yeah. If we put him in, <laughs> or could that work for him? Going, if it wasn't hey. for their idiot coach, they'd be undefeated. <laughs> There's no way they should have lost. All right, real quick, give me your top ten. My top ten. I'm sorry, I'm monitoring other stations right now. Give me yours. Let me bring mine up. I wrote it down. Okay, I've got number 10, Alabama. Number 9, Texas. 
number eight, Oregon, number seven, Washington, number six, Penn State. We've got OU at five. And that's just because, in my mind, they have done more than Oregon, Washington, and Penn State with that win against Texas. Uh, Florida State three, uh, four, excuse me, Ohio State three, Michigan two, Georgia one. I've had Georgia kind of out of that top spot. No more. They were dominant yes, they against were. Kentucky. They're a good, so I put a them, good Kentucky team. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's kind of – just kind of been waiting for Georgia to do something like that against a good team. Now, their schedule's terrible, so there's been a reason why they haven't. But that was awesome. That's Georgia. Put them back. You know, I, I I am rooting for those teams that are ranked high, but everyone says, well, they haven't played anybody. We don't know. Any. And Georgia was kind of one of them, so bravo to Georgia. And the same thing about Michigan. I know they still haven't played anybody, but I believe they are – Really, really good. My top ten, I put Bama at ten, USC nine, really reluctant nine, uh, Oregon eight, uh, Washington seven, Penn State six, yeah, OU five, Ohio State four. That was teetering with me too. Mm-hmm. Ohio State kind of struggled with Maryland, but that's a good Maryland team too. Yeah. And they they were one of those teams too that were. I'm telling you right now, if Maryland would have been in the SEC, they'd have been ranked this week. Going into yep. that game against Ohio State, yep. guaranteed. Florida State three. There's Michigan two and Georgia one. Okay, yeah, I had UNC and USC just outside that top ten. Yeah, I, I was teetering between an undefeated North Carolina and a one-loss Bama. Yeah, but I think if they played each other right now, and Bama you shot would Texas win. right out the top ten. Sorry, Texas. See, I think they're better than. I actually think they're better than some teams ahead of them. I think Texas is good. I think they're very good. That's why I jumped OU all the way from never even being in the top no, ten. They're to good. Five. Yeah, I said they're good. I, I you're right. Good. I mean, I'm right there looking at USC, going, "Do you even deserve to be in the top That's 10? That's why I don't think so. But now, you're undefeated, and your quarterback deserves to be in the top ten, right. but not your team. Now beat Notre Dame, yeah, in South Bend yeah, on, yeah. on Saturday, and then that that jumps you up in my mind. Yeah, I'll take it. We'll be back wrapping up a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday right here on the Skinny Gun Sports. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Are you crying? Are you crying? <laughs> Skinny on sports. There's no crying in baseball. Welcome back. Skinny on sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday, and we thank Rodney and the gang at Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. Free delivery right here in the Elk City area. Talked about uh, the the long term care packaging, the compounding. Also, something we bring up each and every week, and it's because it is awesome. Paul Jones Drug has convenience packaging. What is that? Well, everybody knows about the pill caddies, and you got to fill your pill caddy up each and every week, or maybe you have one that's two weeks, or maybe even have one that's a month. It's big enough, but you have to put those pills in those certain days, in those certain weeks, in the right dosages, the right amounts. Get rid of that. Just go down to Paul Jones Drug. They individually package your daily medication. Makes it so much easier. They do it for you. Just rip open the package, take your meds, and move on down life's path. Also got durable medical equipment, which is your walkers, canes, crutches. Most insurances are accepted down at Paul Jones Drug. And also, it's not just the medical stuff. 
Paul Jones Drug has great gifts, greeting cards, all kinds of cool stuff down there. At 809 North Main, Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. Man, let's see. Do we want to go to baseball? Do we want to go a little bit of golf for you? The Big 12 match play championships are going on down in Houston yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Bring that up because uh, we had Ryder Cowan on earlier this uh, back in the summertime. So he was preparing to go to Oklahoma to start his collegiate golf career. He played one tournament already up in Washington State. Uh, in Olympia, Washington, I believe was where that was. It was okay. Not what he wanted, I'm sure, but uh, decent. He's on. He's been on the top five for all three sessions so far in this match play, and uh, he is looking like he's going to end up 2-0-1. You know, he tied the Houston match in the first round, whipped up on Brian Stark, a former OSU Cowboy who transferred down to Texas yesterday, 3-1, and one, and now 4-up through 8 against BYU here this morning. Sooners needed needing a huge session because of that Houston uh, match, put him behind the eight ball to try to make the the finals. Probably not going to happen with, uh, with the Cougars advancing out of that pool, but uh, Riders really played well. Uh, so far, so congrats to him. It's cool to cool to see a guy that grew up here, and uh, the the way that he's played all of last summer, all of last spring and summer, uh, stepping right into the lineup here in the match play for OU and, and doing a really nice job so far uh, for Ryder. So that's really cool stuff. Uh, let's go to the base. Let's go to do some high school football, but uh, let's go to the baseball instead. Last night, what an unbelievable scene! What an unbelievable comeback for the Atlanta Braves. Almost left for dead, down four to nothing. Already lost game one at home to the Phillies. And then just in a flash, hit a couple of home runs, take the lead on an Austin Riley two-run shot in the bottom of the eighth, lead 5-4, leadoff walk, change pitchers. And then that play at the end with Bryce Harper on first, ball is hitting to the right center field gap all the way to the wall. Harper basically just takes off. And as decided, he's scoring if it's down. He rounds second and then kind of turns around to wait to see exactly what happened. Just an awesome catch by Michael Harris. Uh, jumping up against the wall in right center field. He turns and fires it towards second because I, I don't know if he saw Harper. I thought he already tagged. I have no idea why he didn't just throw it to first. But threw it to second. He misses both cutoff men. And here comes Riley. And this is one of those things, children, I know you're in school and you can't hear, but if you go back and listen – fundamental baseball was on display last night by Austin Riley backing up the throw being in the perfect spot to be able to then backhand that ball fired over to first double off Harper for the last out of the game that was just you know there's certain plays you know even the the one that I always think of and I don't even know if it's fundamental baseball really because he probably wasn't supposed to be there Uh, but maybe instinctual was the Jeter play back against Oakland where he has no business being on the first baseline. He catches it and flips it to the catcher, and Posada tags one of the A's out back in, like, 2001 to help him get to the World Series. And that, that was more instincts than than maybe being where you're supposed to be. Uh, but last night, Austin Riley was absolutely doing that, right where he needed to be, backing up that throw. When it got through the two guys in the middle infield, it went uh, to him, and he was able to double off Harper. So a uh, huge win for the Braves. They were about to be the third team in Major League Baseball history. Well, actually, they'd have been the second at the time 
to lose the first two games of a series at home after you win a, after you won 100 games in the regular season. Baltimore already did that against Texas yesterday or on Monday. And then a little bit later on last night, the Dodgers became the second team ever to do or the second team to do that in as many days. There hadn't been very many to do that. And uh, the Dodgers losing 4-2 to Arizona, so they lead two two series 2-0. One of those could end today with Texas hosting Baltimore tonight. Scene shifts up to Minnesota for Houston and Minnesota. That's 1-1 going back up to the Twin Cities. And then in the uh, National League, 1-1 with um, Atlanta and Philly. That scene will shift tomorrow. And then the Dodgers have to win three straight going back to uh, going down to Arizona tomorrow for game three. Uh, today's pitching matchups, you got Christian Javier against Sonny Gray in the <clears throat> Houston-Minnesota series. Whereas the the Rangers, everything just kind of keeps on turning up gold for them as they win the first two games on the road, and now they've got their ace Nathan Evalde for Game Three against Dean Kramer. So, or Kramer. So that's how that goes today. American League back on center stage with the Rangers a chance to become the first team to advance to the championship series in the American League with a win today over the Baltimore Orioles. That'll do it for a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Thanks to everybody for chiming in. Thanks to everybody for listening and trying to come up with that answer. Got a whole bunch of people saying ACL for uh, Andrew Anthony. Assumed it had to be something like that if it was already going to be a season ender. So uh, Sooners lose uh, Anthony even though they win the game against Texas. See a bunch of those young guys. Maybe more Rodney or uh, I guess Nick Anderson, not Rodney. More Nick Anderson. Possibly in play for Oklahoma, Jaden Gibson, maybe some Gavin Freeman as well to pick up the slack for the loss of Andrell Anthony. That'll do it for us. Have a wonderful Tuesday. Hopefully the weather stays nice. Be out to Big Elk Stadium. If you got nothing else to do, come watch the middle school, seventh and eighth grade. Altus in town for the seventh and eighth graders. 5-1 for the 7th grade, 6-0 for the 8th grade. It's fun to watch. Come on out. Everybody have a great day. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to 